This is Data Podcast. In the ever-changing world of data, this is the podcast packed full of information to keep you right on top of all the developments. From AWS and Azure, through to data science, big data, AI and NoSQL, and everything in between, we cover the essential updates from both a technical and non-technical perspective, including special guests and in-depth interviews. Now, please welcome your hosts, Rajiv Baha and Shabnam Khan, with today's episode of Data Podcast. Our guest today is CK, Constantine Kokinos. Uh, he currently works as a DevOps DBA with a deep focus on performance tuning TCQL. Nonetheless, his first love will always be the Unix ecosystem. His primary side hustle is the DBA Tools project where he works on bug fixing, Git support, testing, and helping newcomers jumpstart their contributions wherever they need help. With that said, I'm your host Rajib, and Shabnam is joining us today. Welcome to our podcast, CK. Thanks for welcoming me. All right. DevOps DBA. What is that all about? Can you tell us how is it structured differently from regular DBA? Yeah, that's that's a really it's an interesting question. And frankly, if you ask 10 different people what DevOps means, you'll get at least eight different answers. So, you know, you have to take anyone's approach with a grain of salt. But it's definitely distinct from the data science Cool. Um, there's a lot of things being heaped under it, like you know, d- data engineering and pipeline support and things like that. That's that definitely lives in the DevOps DBA realm. But traditionally, there was a big split between your operational DBA and, in some cases, your development DBA or really just your SQL developer, database developer. And a DevOps DBA tries to marry the understanding of both. So. In the real DevOps world, you know the big you have big portions that are automation, the marriage of development and operations knowledge, and then really starting to get into your life cycles of testing and how do you build a product from kind of start to finish uh, with date with your data in mind. Un- unfortunately, many times for operational DBAs, it was hey we did a code first approach or we wrote some stuff and it works in development and I'm going to throw that over the wall and you're going to catch it and do your best to support that in your operational environment. A DevOps DBA is more about making sure that entire process has everyone understanding the limitations or some of the maybe best practices around how to support that database lifecycle. And so you can manage that without having the classic, you know, divisions between, oh, well, your code runs slow. Oh, well, your servers are slow, you know, and and having that kind of tussle um, that happens a lot in with DBAs that I know. Awesome. Uh, So you are presenting this year at a PASS pre-con. PASS stands for Professional Association for Obstacle Server. It must be really exciting to present there. Is this the first time you are doing it or have you done it before? And would you please tell us more about the topic you're presenting and the venue and the culture over there, please? Yeah, I could not be more excited. Um, you're totally right about the Professional Association of SQL Server. And basically, I've, I've never presented at the past summit. This is like a huge deal for me. And I actually am presenting with the head of the DBA Tools Project, Chrissy Lemaire. So we're going to kind of tag team for eight hours uh, in our pre-con talking about PowerShell, DBA Tools, SQL Server, and how they all work together. And to be honest, um, it's it's kind of blowing my mind. Uh, 
less than four years ago, I was at my first SQL Saturday, which if you don't know about that, is a great event. Almost every single state has one. And once a year, you can go for a free day of training. If you want to pay $10 for the you know included lunch, you can do that, but that's optional. And you can hear all sorts of amazing people telling you about new technologies, about how to use uh, existing technologies properly. And so, you know, I never thought that I'd be presenting at the past summit but Chrissy is very well known as a speaker. She has tons of awards in Europe, and she actually asked me to come with her to present. So we're, we're bringing on a couple other team members uh, with us, and we're going to have a giant DBA tools party at the past summit. Um, in terms of the venue, to be honest, I've never been there. So it's, I, I did the Google Maps thing. You know, I went and looked at the street view to see what it was like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks super nice. It's uh, the Washington Convention Center. Very fancy, and there's going to be thousands of people there. Um, I think if you go to PassSummit.org, you can you can take a look at more what they're kind of offering. It is definitely not cheap uh, to visit the summit. Um, you know what we're really going to be presenting. If you if you go to DBAtools.io, that's our main website, and there's a ton of great stuff at the top navigation pane where you can check out. Here's the code. Here's the commands we're producing, and there's over 260 PowerShell commands there, quite a lot, to be honest, kind of too much, too much in some cases. But we also have engineered all sorts of great ways to find what you're looking for. Um, we have basically recipes to do various data professional tasks in super small amounts of code. And it really is like, how do you use DBA tools as a data professional to simplify your life with SQL Server? So you don't have to be a DBA to really get a ton out of DBA tools. If you are a DBA, you're definitely going to love DBA tools. Um, And really, we're also there to promote that DBA tools because it's an open source project. And that's not really a thing that has been um, big in the Microsoft world. So we're kind of a a unique, interesting snowflake among all of the other things going on. Nice. You know, uh, PowerShell reminds me of Unix Bash Shell, Corn Shell, during the years in university. Uh, in those early years, you know, open source and commercial platforms would be like uh, opposed to each other's ideas. Uh, mm-hmm. However, it it appears that current trend is like uh, they tend to adopt each other's uh, technologies and platform and concepts more. Uh, I mean, is that fair uh, based on your perception, or what has been your experience with with, with this regard? I think it's both fair to say and also really, really good. So like when I started working in Microsoft technologies, it wasn't because I loved Microsoft. It was I could get a job and get paid money and pay my bills. Um, And, you know, Linux, frankly, wasn't paying the bills at the time. (laughs) But uh, today, you know, you see Microsoft adopting Postgres and MySQL and all sorts of open source technologies. And in some cases, open sourcing their own technologies, like the new version of PowerShell is open source. Um, And, you know, this is the same company that at one point was uh, (laughs) embrace, extend, extinguish, you know, literally destroying uh, open source communities if they could. And now it's, oh, there's value here. You know, Microsoft isn't adopting open source because they're, you know, happy woodland creatures. It's because open source is big business right now. When you look at all of the big data solutions, almost none of them are closed source, in fact. But the hosting of that data, the actual, uh, you know, life cycle around 
not necessarily the software, but the storage and the actual valuable data is where the money really seems to be going. And I think Microsoft has a clear idea that that is a really good way to run their business. Um, and, you know, you're you're right about PowerShell reminding you of the Unix uh, shells in general, Bash, Corn, ZSH, etc. Really, it was designed by a great team at Microsoft. Um, Jeffrey Snover is one of the biggest well-known PowerShellers who helped design it. And he took huge inspirations from those shells. Like, what a lot of people don't realize is shell, at least I should say younger people, is that shells were really designed to do everything you would need to do in that operating system, not just, you know, run some esoteric commands. And PowerShell um, t- like really extends that concept where in Bash or ZSH, et cetera, on Linux, you would basically be piping text between commands. You would, you know, run an LS to list your directory contents and then you'd pipe it to a grep so you could search for things. But at the end of the day, everything was text. And on Windows, that really doesn't work. In Windows, not everything is text. In fact, it's a fairly object-oriented environment. And so PowerShell gets a lot of magic by being able to, instead of piping text between itself, pipe objects. And therefore, you can, you know, in DBA tools, for instance, we have a command that says, get DBA database. So you actually return a database object from your SQL server, and now you can pipe that to remove DBA database, or backup DBA database, or restore DBA database, or get additional information about that that really would be incredibly complicated in previous shells. So I'm really happy to use PowerShell because I love the Unix shells and I saw what was possible and I went, holy crap, this is way more composable. This is way easier to use. Um, So I think people at Microsoft are trying to build up something better from what they've learned and stealing those ideas is the best way to do it. I hope everyone steals everyone else's good ideas and integrates them into their systems. Wow, that's that's so cool. I so I think you can tell us more about PowerShell and uh, in particular I would like to know what are the different evolution of various iteration of PowerShell in SQL Server and which releases uh, brought about the most significant changes. So this is a really uh, relevant question actually because things are changing even today and they're changing faster, not like slower. So up to basically SQL 2014, you had SQL Server 2014 specifically, um, you had PowerShell 2.0, which is not good. Uh, I won't say more than that about it. It's slow, it has all sorts of problems and really PowerShell was very much getting its feet under itself at that point. 2012 um, brings, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, 2014 brings PowerShell 4.0, which is humongously different in terms of performance. It has better security, bug fixes, way more commands, and frankly, I'm not even generally using that PowerShell. I'm using the most recent version, 5.1, that was released, where you get even faster and more control around security and other other fun things. Um, The biggest changes, though, have actually been decoupling PowerShell and uh, it's called SMO or Server Management Objects, which is the library that if you've ever used SSMS or SQL Server Management Studio, that is basically the inflection point that it connects to the SQL Server and issues the various queries. So anytime you right-click and you know show a properties of a database, it actually has to run some set of queries on your database and then return that information and then render that in the GUI. Now Microsoft has said, okay, we're going to pull that apart. You don't even have to install SQL Server Management Studio, we're going to give you just the libraries. And then literally yesterday, 
um, we asked permission to include those libraries in DBA tools. So now instead of having to install those separately to make it work, we can just have you install module DBA tools and you'll automatically get all of the power and pretty much like your command line SSMS ready to go. So it's it's super slick. Um, you should definitely check out SQL Hammer. He's got a great blog on this. Kind of breaks down where those version changes happen. If you just search for SQL Hammer, uh, PowerShell, and SQL Server, and uh, it has a great breakdown. If you if you want to learn more, that's great. You know, we we skip a really really basic question to those of us who are unaware of the DBA role. Uh, DBA is someone who admit, administers one or more databases or servers or data centers. Let's say I'm a DBA who's afraid of command prompt or PowerShell. What are the first set of basics will you teach me? You know, that's a really good question. And I've been asked this question by various people throughout my career. And I used to say something like, oh, you know, we'll learn some command syntax or, you know, we'll get something done. And the truth is, when I first uh, talk to people who really have no shell experience, one of the hardest things is just navigating and understanding why it is working in the way it is. So, you know, they'll press a button, they'll say, oh, why did it do that? And so I honestly emphasize first just understanding how to uh, basically type in the shell. Um, and that includes things like, are you using tab completion? You know, if you're typing a command in PowerShell or Bash and you type the first three letters of it and you hit tab, 95% of the time you're going to get that command right in, written out for you. And that works for paths, that works for parameters in PowerShell, really everything. You should just be smashing the tab key and saving yourself a ton of keystrokes. Uh, the others are like up and down. If you're navigating, you actually have a history and what's called a ring buffer. It's pretty much just, hey, your previous commands and if you're back in the, your command list, your ones before that or after that, excuse me. Um, so you can actually run previous commands, edit previous commands, and if you want to start getting fancier, you can start doing things like, oh, take that previous command, replace some part of that content, because say I mistyped something, and run it. Or, hey, run that previous command as an administrator. You know, if you're a Ubuntu fan, you can just sudo space uh, uh, exclamation point, exclamation point, and you're now running your previous command as administrator. So I really, really like to focus on making the shell not uh, scary. And then once you once you can type in, once you feel comfortable entering input and knowing you're not going to break things, um, the next step is really how do you get help and understand more? Because both PowerShell and all of the Bash iterations have extremely, extremely dense and useful help filled with examples. And frankly, PowerShell, I think, does this even better than most of the manual pages on, in Bash, or man pages as they're called. Um, so in on Bash, you could type man and you could do a dash K parameter, and that will allow you to search all the man pages for a specific topic. In PowerShell, you just type get dash help, and you can put wildcards, even, you know, star uh, shift eight, basically. So you could type in star CSV star, and you would get every single command in the PowerShell ecosystem that actually operates on CSV files. And you'll find convert to CSV and exports and read froms and really then be able to get even further examples. PowerShell has amazing help where you can literally just type get help and then dash examples, and it will actually say, oh, here's five ways you can use this command. And if you're a busy IT person, I want examples. I don't want to read 45 pages of manuals to be able to do some basic uh, topic. 
And they even have a Dash Online parameter in PowerShell. So you can open up the official web page documentation, which usually has more multimedia, sometimes videos, just all sorts of great stuff. So I would say start with can I type, move to how do I get help, and then you can start talking hey, what are these amazing commands? And in, in DBA tools, you know, we have our command index online uh, right at the top of our page there. And you can start to get way more information. We have our own special help command, uh, get DBA command. And if you type that in, you'll actually get a synopsis of the commands we have available. So you can say, oh, what does this do? Oh, well, it restores databases. Cool. What does this do? Oh, it converts data to a data table so you can easily write it to SQL Server. Um, and once you have that under your belt, you know, the sky is the limit. You can do anything in a shell if you can read the help and you can navigate. Wow. Thanks, CK. You actually gave me a really good refresher. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no worries. So I, I think we have learned that you are involved with community-driven open source project called Data DBA Tools. What can you uh, do with it and how did you get involved? Is there any updates coming out from that team? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so many updates. I actually just got off a uh, one-hour presentation we did for, uh, it's called 24Hop, and it's the past summit basically puts together 24 hours of uh, webinars where you can watch for free, and then they're going to upload them all here. I will definitely shoot you guys the link uh, as soon as it comes out. And pretty much uh, we had 400 people live watching our pre-presentation, if you will. So we talked about pretty much what DBA tools is. And it's really more than just a bunch of PowerShell commands. Anyone can write a bunch of PowerShell commands if they have enough time. Um, it is actually an open source project that's really about bringing DBAs into the modern era. So a lot of DBAs have super amazing skills, but they don't necessarily have a lot of those software development pieces like source control or, you know, your Git flow on GitHub or, you know, what is Slack? I don't use that. I've been using, you know, Link for Business or whatever it was called 10 years ago for this entire time. Or in one case, uh, one of my friends uh, who's a DBA, SourceSafe6, and he took a good hour to discuss why he'd even want to use get in the first place. Um, so that's like really the first stage of DBA tools is building a community of DBAs who, and data professionals and all sorts of other people that can contribute and say, here's the problems we have with SQL Server. Here's the repetitive tasks and drudgery that we have to waste our lives on instead of like, you know, enjoy them with our families at our homes going home on time. And we really want to bake all of these operational tools and tasks into seriously one-line commands. I mean, um, DBA tool started with an amazing command called start uh, SQL migration. Now it's renamed to start DBA migration because PowerShell is super serious about its prefixes. And it literally will take one SQL server, migrate every single object to another in like a minute. Uh, it's super insane. And I saw that after... <laughs> spending a couple of weeks doing my own migrations manually um, and was like, gosh, there's, this was terrible. I've got to be able to do this in an easier way. I saw this video on YouTube and my jaw just hit the floor. I couldn't believe that someone had automated this task. And that was really the jumping off point for if you can think of a SQL Server problem, we either have code to solve it or we want you to file an issue so that we can help you solve it. And, and that's really what DBA Tools is to me. You should definitely go to dbatools.io uh, 
And if you go to dbatools.io slash Slack, you can actually join the SQL community Slack, which is not just DBA tools related. It's all sorts of data professionals. There's over 3,000 people on that Slack right now and almost 800 now in the DBA tools channel. I am at CK on Slack and you hit me up. I'll be glad to walk you through submitting to GitHub or if you have a problem you're trying to solve in SQL Server, I want to hear about it um, because there's probably a good solution within our project. And we are we just released uh, 0.9 for DBA tools. We are uh, aiming for our 1.0 release before the pre-con in late October. Um, so we're going to rename a couple more commands, get things a little more stable, and release it to the world. Nice. So how many commands do you have in DBA tools so far? Oh, at least 250. I want to say like 269 right now. Um, wow. And it, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you one-tenth of the commands off the top mm -hmm. of my head, to be honest. That is why my first recommendation is learning learning how to search for things. Because just, I mean, if I asked you, hey, how many web pages are there? You know, obviously, mm -hmm. just resounding silence, billions, trillions, I don't know. But you don't need to know because you have the Google search or the Bing search, if, if uh, you like it that way. And that's really what DBA Tools bakes into its commands is how do we easily find related tags? We actually have metadata where we say, oh, this is a backup command. So that if it isn't even named backup, you can actually say, oh, tell me about all the backup stuff that is in the DBA Tools project because that's what I'm interested in solving. And it's really just what if all the best practices from all the bloggers on SQL Server, all the people who've learned lessons in the field came together and started building, instead of reinventing the wheel, one final piece so we can all maintain it. I've given code to DBA Tools not just because, hey, I'm, I like this project, but because they will maintain it for me. And if you if you are looking at the next decade of maintaining your own PowerShell modules, that's a ton of work to keep it up to date, to keep you know the newest version of SQL Server working with it, and that's pretty much a full-time job. But with DBA tools, I just contribute my small amount, and I get back 100,000 times as much from the project. It's so good. Nice. Is there somewhere on the web where we can find you blogging or tweeting about uh, uh, this cool stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if, if you can spell it, my blog is ConstantineCoconos.com, um, though I definitely need to do some updates. Uh, I've been kind of falling off recently with this pre-con stuff. And uh, I tweet at MobileCK, just like a mobile phone, because I made it on my phone one day. Mm -hmm. um, and also, of course, the SQL community Slack, I'm at CK. You can also email me, Constantine at ConstantineCoconos.com, if you can type that all out. Uh, and uh, we can chat more, or, um, talk about your problems, or see if maybe DPA tools can solve something for you. Sounds good. Thank you, Sikir. That was yeah, such a lovely conversation, and we have learned a lot. Thank you so much. I appreciate your guys' time. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Data Podcast. You're welcome to follow our hosts on Twitter at Rajib2k5 at Shabnam Khan 2017 and on YouTube at youtube.com slash Rajib2k5. Our episodes are also available via iTunes, SoundCloud, Google and other podcasting platforms. Thank you for tuning in.